everyone. This is Julie Costin, and this is the Inclusion Podcast. Today's episode is about kicking off co-teaching, and I am so thrilled to have Dr. Paula Kluth with me to talk to you about our favorite topic of co-teaching. Many of you know that we've written a book together called 30 Days to the Co-Taught Classroom, and I love the subtitle, so I'm going to read it, which is How to Create an Amazing, Nearly Miraculous, and frankly, earth-shattering partnership in one month or less. So on today's podcast, I'm going to do things a little differently. Instead of bringing in a question from a listener, Paula and I are going to ask each other questions about co-teaching and about our experience writing this book together. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Paula Kluth. Now, most of you probably know who she is because she's kind of a rock star in the field of inclusive education. She's an author, an educational consultant, and an advocate. You probably know that her work is all about providing inclusive opportunities for students with disabilities. And Paula primarily focuses on working with students with autism and more significant disabilities. She is the author of 12 books. And these are my favorite resources around how to include students with disabilities. You probably know all of that, but what you might not know is Paula loves the Green Bay Packers. She is afraid of snakes and small aircrafts, and she wishes everyone would include, differentiate, collaborate, and randomly offer her small gifts of Sharpies and chocolates. I am so excited to introduce you to my dear friend, Paula Kluth. Well, thank you so much for the introduction, the kind introduction, Julie. I know that your listeners already know a lot about you, but I, for the sake of co-teaching parity, my pal, my co-teaching pal, I want to share a little bit about you, a little bit more. So everyone probably knows about your great work as a professor at Syracuse and also for the consulting work that you're doing. But I also want to share how much you love time management books, cardstock, and also has an affinity for hummingbirds. And more importantly, she secretly hopes that Oprah is going to have her as a guest on Super Soul Sunday. So Paula is joining us via phone, and you can probably tell by the difference in our voices. But we thought it would definitely be worth it to have a conversation about co-teaching. A couple podcasts ago, you know that I got a lot of questions from listeners about co-teaching. And Paula and I want to help you set up your co-teaching relationship and experience for this school year. So I'm going to ask Paula a question, and then she's planning to ask me questions too, back and forth, and kind of interview each other about co-teaching. So my first question to you, Paula, is I want you to think about a team of teachers that are brand new to co-teaching. So imagine that they've never co-taught before. What would be three tips that you would give to brand new co-teachers? So three ideas, it's kind of hard to boil down all of the content here to three favorites, but I always choose, at least for number one, I always choose get to know your co-teaching partner. And that seems a little bit obvious, of course, in just, you know, preparing for teaching, you're going to be doing that. But we, you know, in the book, we really encourage you to try to have maybe an outing or just be a little bit more formal in your efforts to 
you know, start conversations. You can go get coffee, just make a Starbucks run. You can have a little Pinterest party together and pin some ideas for this, you know, your, your lessons or for your, your classroom. You can maybe launch a little book club, book study of something you're both interested in. Maybe even, you know, go out for lunch before the, the year begins. But take a little bit of time to invest. And that can that will go a long way. We suggest that you not only do that in the beginning of the year, but that you find space and time for those kinds of connections all year long. Even if you are sharing classroom space, you can maybe have, you know, that you go and get your Starbucks run on Friday mornings and you always share a little bit of social time right before school starts. Or it might even be that you, um, one team that we worked with, they would have a dinner meeting once a quarter, and they would do a little bit of long-term planning. So they would sketch out every quarter, but they would cut after school for three hours, once a quarter, and order some dinner in. So find some ways to connect. That's number one. Number two is set some goals. And I don't mean for students what you and I have talked about a lot, Julie, is coming together and talking about goals for your team. And you and I both think this is super motivating for teaching teams because the goals that we suggest in the book are not just about the students. So we suggest two kinds. Number one, to set some goals for your learners and what they might achieve. So you want to think about, you know, what kinds of, you know, how many sight words are you looking for students to master and what do you, how would you like to, you know, raise test scores and what kinds of markers would you like to set for yourselves and how many books do you want your classroom to read and those kinds of things. But then we also want you to set goals for your collaborative team so that we both want to finish Julie and Paula's book and read all the ideas in it. Or we want to make sure that we try three co-teaching structures that we've never tried before. So I actually shot a little video on this. And the video is from a video series I'm doing called Off the Page. And you can find that series on YouTube by putting in my name, Paula Cluth. Or you can go to www.cotautclassroom.com and you will find the video there as well. So it's just a real short little video of me explaining this goal setting tool that we've developed. So that's that's a big one for me and, and for Julie. We like that idea a lot for existing teams and new teams. Perfect. Thanks, Paula. What would your third idea be? The third idea, again, a little bit hard to pick, but I like to think about a greedy or a selfish element (laughs) I sort of promote that as a way to keep the motivation of the teaching team strong and I I sort of mean that tongue-in-cheek but on day 22 in our book we have this teach the teacher section and we have targeted this notion of getting teachers to really get specific about how they want to use co-teaching as professional development. So one of the ways to not only make sure that we are we have two really strong teachers, but also to keep the motivation of the teachers high and to, you know, have this, you know, two skilled, two highly skilled and creative folks at work here is to observe what you already know about your co-teacher and then do a little interviewing, pick their brain a little bit, find out what they do really well that you don't know how to do or don't do well. (laughs) So if your teacher uses Twitter for professional development and you've never done that, or if they're a Flipgrid master or somebody, they know a lot about about augmentative and alternative communication. You don't even know what that means. You might say by the end of the year, I'm going to know you know, this, this, and, and, and this, or I'm going to master this, or I'm going to, you know, get at least three mini lessons from my partner. So we have a little t- 
tool in the book, but you can do this informally, you know, based on what you know about that person, pick something that you want to learn from your teacher this year. So you have a little professional development element going and that you have, you know, a way of kind of bonding you and inspiring each other that involves not just teaching students, but teaching the teachers as well. So Paula, like for you and I, I would pick your beauty of rap lyrics. I don't know if anyone's seen our rap video, but Paula really did most of those lyrics. And I found out that she is incredibly skilled in writing rap, writing rap songs. So that, for example, might be something that I would ask Paula to teach me about. Does that make sense, Paula? Yes. And likewise, I would, it's funny that you should say that because this is, yeah, absolutely, 100% not manufactured for this podcast. If you ask my audiences, what has Julie Costin taught me? I always say when I show this rap video, I say, even though, a pretty out, even though I'm a pretty outgoing person, there is no way I would have be singing and dancing on camera unless you had said, no, let's make a rap video. And then when I stopped laughing, you said, no, I'm serious. Let's do that. I said, so I always say this is an example not only of, hey, let's here's an element of co-teaching that is hilarious, but also what the synergy, the creativity, yeah. the encouragement of a partner can do, something you may never do on your own that you would do. And you are the kind of person that's kind of like, yeah, why wouldn't I, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't I do the cabbage patch for all to see? I um, mean, that is my favorite part about co-teaching. And many of Paula's and my, and my discussions start with, wouldn't it be funny if, and then something comes out of our mouths like we got matching, you know, co-teaching underwear or something to that effect. And then the next thing I know, it's showing up at my doorstep. So these are just, yeah, it's another benefit of co-teaching. I love it. Okay. Now, Julie, I have a question for you. And that comes up just as much as the, co- as the uh, question about new teachers. What if we're not new co-teachers? What if we are seasoned veterans? What do we do to get ready for the school year? Oh, I love it. So, you know, what you said is really important. So you talked about getting to know one another and you want to continue to get to know one another. So set up some times to connect and keep learning more about one another because the closer you are as human beings, as friends, the better your co-teaching relationship can be. I also loved your concept of set goals, but for this co-teaching team that's been together before, you're going to start by reflecting on last year or whenever you co-taught together before and celebrating and noticing the things you've done well and then use those reflections to talk about, well, then what are your next goals? So um, for example, I worked with a seventh grade teacher in English and we sat down at the beginning of the year and we had been together many years before that and we decided that we're going to try to use the one teach, one make multi-sensory more. And so we, we were having so much fun thinking about how can we use puppets how, in our Romeo and Juliet unit. And so we just started to play in those ways and we started to create all sorts of different kinds of lessons that had multiple ways for learners to engage. So again, you're going to set goals, but based on the reflection of your co-teaching before that, And then I would say, besides that, if you feel like you have the basics really in place, you're going to figure out how to bring your collaborative skills up a little bit. So are you going to hone your problem solving? Are you going to rethink your meetings? What is it that you want to do to improve over your last time together co-teaching? Okay, I want to get to another question. 
How do you share the news of your co-teaching with other people, like uh, families and other, you know, teachers in the school? How do you share that news? Well, there's lots of ways that teams can get the word out, but we suggest finding some formal way to do so. So maybe that's a letter home, maybe that's a blog post if you've got that, you know, that tool going, uh, some Twitter, you know, content if that's a way you communicate, but find a way to broadcast this is our partnership. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of folks in your building. Decide who needs to know and then find a tool for communicating that those pieces of information. I love it. Okay, thank you. So it's not just families and other stakeholders in the school that need to know about co-teaching, but how about the students? How would you communicate it to them, Julie? Oh, I love that. So this is really important because it sets the stage for equity or parity. What I mean is I don't think it's a good idea to say I'm the general ed teacher and you're the special ed teacher. I think it's a better idea to say something like we're both teachers in this seventh grade class and we're going to be co-teaching and explain what that is. I think labels like special education teacher and, you know, content area teacher are pretty outdated when it comes to inclusion. And instead, you want to figure out what you're going to call each other and call yourselves. It's kind of back to your your question or the question you answered. If people come to an open house, that's also where you state to everybody, hey, this is who we are. This is our team. This is what we believe. This is what we're excited for. These are our goals, right? And so from the beginning, you set, uh, you know, we're a team. We come as a package and we work closely together. Even if you're only working together one period of the day, you can still set up that united front. So one of my favorite parts of the book is we've written something called 20 questions for co-teachers. And it's really to get people connecting and talking. And since we're really talking about setting up co-teaching, Paula and I thought we would sort of end this podcast with some back and forth rapid fire questions to get to know one another better. So I'm going to start with a quick answer to this, Paula. What is a toy you had as a child and how it's impacted your life? Go. Oh, I had a, my favorite was a share microphone that I, you know, kind of repl- the replica of what they used on the share variety show. And, and I think today I could, I should be still using that, <laughs> but it might've, it might've prompted my career as a speaker. Absolutely. Who knows? Okay, good. Um, how about this one? Worst hairstyle. Oh, I, so many, I, I had a, like a, a Dorothy Hamill which was probably okay at a certain point in the 70s, but I, I think I wore it about a decade too long. <laughs> okay, good. How about this one? Beats, yes or no? Oh, big no. <laughs> Exclamation point. And, 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 and in bold. <laughs> I knew it. So good. Okay, good. Okay, now it's your turn. I have questions for you. Ready? <laughs> okay. Number one, what is the worst job you've ever had? Oh, my gosh. I was... I worked at a parks and rec department, and for Valentine's Day, I was hired as a Cupid, and the costume the costume was kind of skimpy, and so it was like the most mortifying day of my life where I had to skate around with a bunch of small kids in a, in a skimpy Cupid costume, so that's... And we, we would like anyone listening from that era to send us pictures. I hope there's not a single picture. Oh, my gosh. All right, number two. Mm-hmm. Who was your crush your, uh, from a television show growing up, your celebrity crush? 
Okay, I can't think of her name, but it was, um, oh yeah, Joe from the Facts of Life. Do you know who oh, I'm talking about? Nancy McKeon. Yes, that's it, Nancy yes. McKeon. Okay, yep, that's good. So adorable. Yeah. Okay, good one. Yep. Um, and number three is, uh, how about, what is your biggest uh, food aversion? Oh, mushrooms. No question. I feel like mushrooms like you feel about beets. It's the same it's the same disdain. It's pretty significant. Note to listeners, no meat and mushroom gifts to our teaching team. Please, Thank you. Thank you. Please. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, Paula. I can't even believe that we're already out of time for this podcast. How fun is it to get together and get a chance to connect and talk about this? The last piece that Paula and I did, you know, just for listeners, is really something that is needed for co-teachers to get together and talk about things outside of co-teaching. So for example, I, what'd you say? I said, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so, right. And so, you know, now I know that Paula loves Cher as a child. So I'm going to try to figure out how to work in a Cher song at our next, you know, our next presentation together and stuff like that. Thank you. Yes. So Paula, thanks for joining me on this podcast. I appreciate it so much. And um, do you have any last words? No, just but thank you for having me. And I do want to remind the listeners, Julie, about our slide deck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, um, please. Because explain. that is something, if you if this is resonating with you, if you want to follow up on it, especially if you're a coach, facilitator, administrator, a team leader, that if you go to our website, which is www.cotalkclassroom.com, you can get a slide deck that's over 100 slides that goes right along with the book. So if you want to teach the book, if you want to do some your own professional development mm-hmm. um, you can go to our website go to the powerpoint uh, tab and read about how to get that free powerpoint presentation that is awesome and we've just paula just put that up and so we've already gotten a lot of people who are really excited about being able to use this so the book itself is being used in all kinds of ways my favorite way is when districts are purchasing it and actually using it as a book club book where all the co-teachers in the schools are reading it which i think is fabulous because everybody then has the same content the same ideas all at once so again, thank you, Paula, so much. And Thanks, Julie. Yeah, thank you to all the listeners. And I can't wait to join you for the next podcast. Thank you. 